0: Welcome back to the Think Education podcast. I'm joined, as always, by co-host Judith Lammy. Um, today, we're going to talk about, I guess, um, I was going to say apps, because you and I, we have a very strong partnership, which is extended between podcasting and writing and presenting. And we're going to talk today about partnerships um, in, uh, in sort of general, and then some sort of specific, you know, in terms of how you go about I don't know. Thinking about them, how you go about sort of approaching people, um, and I guess also Mm -hmm. a lot about how we actually uh, sustain them. Um, um, And we've talked in previous podcasts about your your recent uh, delegation trip to China, which I mean, if not the the singular purpose, the you know a central purpose of that was partnership development or partnership activity, right? Is that is that fair to say? Um, That's sort of the one of the main thrusts of of that exercise. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. I think at the at the macro level, the um, one of the aims was to celebrate the academic partnership, the international academic educational partnership that the two sectors in China and in in the UK have together, and therefore that that commitment to that partnership mm. you know and, and one way that you can demonstrate that you are committed to something is to be spending time yeah can't you or at it you know and therefore having people who are at a senior level but having people who are at any level willing to spend a week of their time with partners talking about the kind of things that they you know you, you both that are of mutual interest and of mutual benefit you know just indicates i think that there's that that strong commitment at at times you know there are always times of challenge aren't there with mm. any partnership and with any country it you know and and there are always going to be challenges when there are challenges when you're working in your own institution
0: yeah
1: I mean some of the most challenging moments I've ever had have been in my own institutions when I i tried to get one department to talk to the other and they won't you know um, when I've been in a department uh, so you get it at the micro level but of course then you get political challenges you get all, all any number of those kind of things but but I think education as we we know is one of those really important bridges it brings people together um, and it's something that gives us hope for for the future that we can solve the world's problems together you know if we hadn't all worked in partnership around covid you know with developing vaccines with developing all of the things that we have to develop to support them with working out how you can scan your temperatures with all of the many hundreds and hundreds of things that had to be done together across across disciplines and across you know cultural and national boundaries so at the real big macro level I think it this the, the delegation was about in try, trying to celebrate the partnership that we'd already we'd already had and some of the, the things that we've already done in the past with China academically and um but then also what might be able to happen in the in the future. Mm. And then for all of us at, at the at the institutional level, there was an element of that as well. So, for in the short space of time that we did have, and certainly I went uh, a day or so um, early so I could meet with colleagues, you know, before joining the presentation. On the one hand, to be able to meet with people, on the other hand, to try and make me slightly more awake, I felt when the, everything started for, for, for real. Um, but that was great to be able to meet some of our key agents and mm-hmm. meet some of our partners, meet some of our alumni, you know, the, all of those partnerships that we'd already got. And so, as you say, I guess the, there's, there's sort of a, a, a linear aspect in some ways to partnership development, isn't there? But it's constantly on a loop. Yeah. Because you might be thinking of a partnership. You might be then um, trying to identify a partnership, a new one in a certain area because you haven't got one that, that fits at present. You might then work out how to approach somebody and then how do you get that going at the same time you've got ones that have been going for a long time and you're keeping those going at the same time you're starting something right at the beginning again so it's something for all of your partnerships there might be a longer a linear track but they're all at different points and at, at any one and the same time you've got something across all of those points happening I think to, to one thing as well that you have to think about right at the beginning and this is going to sound more negative than it's meant to Is what might you do if the partnership doesn't work? Mm -hmm. And so, I suppose certainly one of the one of the main things that one needs to do for any significant partnership, for sure, you know. So you might be looking at a, a joint research institute or a joint teaching institute or a campus or you know joint ventures. Any number of these kind of things that we've all got across our institutions. You know, you have to think right at the beginning what happens if this isn't going to work, don't you? And work out what that exit strategy is, what that, you know, what that, um, what that ending will look like. When you're all happy, mm-hmm. when you're all happy and you're in agreement, and there's no, there's no problems, because even the the best partnerships, for whatever reason, might not work out. There's lots of reasons why they don't, and that's absolutely fine. You know, particularly in higher education, that you know you might set up a a teaching partnership um, or a TNE partnership and, you know, there was a, a massive demand for a certain course at a certain point and then that might change and it therefore might mean that you, that partnership just can't exist anymore because yeah. there's nobody there to yeah. to teach on those courses. You need to, to work out right at the beginning, you need to anticipate, don't you, at the beginning what's going to happen and how are we going to deal with yeah. not being part of this partnership now so that when we do get to the real tricky stage and we do have to do this that we're going to have you know what is going to be, you know, a, um, a divorce for yeah, one, yeah. potentially for a better word, yeah. but but on terms that you're both you're both happy with. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes those things that you have to think about right at the beginning, as in what happened, what might happen right at the end, which you don't always do, and probably you need to do yes. as
0: well. I mean, this is we we touched on this in with, with um, Rachel Soundy when we were talking about uh, well. Just, yes. it's, I was going to say simple legal issues. They're not, I mean, they should be simple, but obviously they're, they're much more complex. Um, and I mean, particularly, obviously, when we're talking about teaching partnerships, because, you know, we, we've seen, you know, not, thankfully, not many, yeah. but we've seen the odd one, you know, around the world where a partnership fails and you've got students some way through a degree and what happens and, you know, where do they go? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, a, a research partnership you know if it if it fizzles out and it's just run its course then you know you it's it's kind of maybe not necessarily that damaging of a of a reality um and i mean obviously and there are i don't know how many millions of mous or um you know that do absolutely nothing right so um uh it's but i think it's a really important point um to think about the end you know or to to conceive of of you know, what the end might be, because, you know, I, when I worked in, in Southeast Asia, you'd see a lot of developing universities looking to partner with very high ranking global universities with the sort of understanding that that will in some way enhance their capability or their ranking or or, you know, what it might do mm-hmm. for them. And, you know, you'd think, well, actually, why would the Without without meaning any tone of disrespect, just from a practical perspective, why would the top global university want to partner with, well, with anybody? Frankly, mm-hmm. I mean they don't they don't often partner. You know, they might be part of conglomerates, yeah. but you know, and it's it's partnerships really should be driven by not equity or, or balance because that you know that's not often the possible, but certainly yeah. some sort of parity in terms of understanding and expectation. You know, so that the ending can be you know, even not the ending, but the outcomes can be understood, right?
1: Yeah, really important. Yeah, because I think that's a, a really important point. There's a couple of points raised there, one of which think you can come back to, as in just sheer numbers of MOUs and things that people might have. So maybe to come back to how we measure partnership. Yeah. What's, what actually is, what's the point of them? And if you're measuring them by how many you've got, you know well I think we can say now that effectively don't do that that's a waste of time but I think we probably can come back to that I think your other point though it's a really important one about about the the fit in a in a partnership if there's two then both partners and that is the word as well the word is partnership Mm. and that's also something I think to to remember both partners have got to be bringing something to the table and have got to be important to it. Otherwise, the partnership is doomed to failure because one can always just walk away. And if one can just walk away, then the other one is left. So your power dynamic, I think, has got to have at least some some form of equity, as you say. There's, there's, there's got to be something that you're both bringing to it that is important and is integral to the partnership. Otherwise, it, it's it, there's a there's a there's a shift and a balancing power that just means that it won't be sustainable. And at a certain point, you know, and particularly then when things do get a bit more challenging, at a certain point, some some body in the partnership, one one side of the partnership, is always going to feel done unto than yeah. the than the other one. Sure. And and so that that identification right at the beginning about identifying the partner, but being really clear about yes you you need to have you know shared values, shared goals, shared ambitions you know you need to both be getting putting something into the partnership, but you need to both be getting something out of the partnership as well, and be really upfront and clear with each other about what that is mm. and and be be willing I think at any point in it, therefore to walk away and to say, "You know what this one won't work mm-hmm. for." x reasons you know because i think if you don't you don't have those and probably even more and we've talked about this at um, in the transnational space i know chris but you know get getting those partnerships be it be it from north south or from east to west or whatever that where somebody is ensuring that they are bringing something to the table that is really important and everybody's getting something out of it um otherwise it is something that at a certain point when there are challenging times and look at what will have happened over covid at, at, at that time when a lot of partnerships were severely tested mm-hmm. yeah. some of them would have survived and come out a bit stronger
0: yeah others
1: won't have um and and some won't have survived and it's through no fault of anybody's own it just you just simply couldn't make it work yeah. and others will have because together they would have said what can we do To deal with this situation that we've got at the moment. So almost all normal rules don't apply because what can we do just to make sure that we're all dealing with this external pressure because we know that that things will get better eventually.
0: It's it's funny because as as you were just talking about, you know, the the different types and this type, I was thinking, I'm sure I've read something about, you know, you know, you're talking about how do we measure partnerships. I'm sure I've read something. I was like, Hmm. Oh yes. You wrote that in, in the first book. It's like, yes, that's right, the typology. Yes, I remember now. Um,
1: exactly, yes, yeah. yes. You, you did actually, Christopher, write that.
0: Yeah. Right there. yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask you, um, you know, the experience you had with partnerships in the pandemic. I mean, did you... I mean, presumably you would have had to maintain existing partnerships. Um, did you... How did you navigate that within the institution? And did you actually begin any new partnership agreements or, or during the pandemic? I mean, because obviously that would be an incredibly different um, framework, right? I mean, your, your China trip recently is the on the ground, putting in the time, doing the distance, you know, the face to face, you know, building the trust, et cetera. But how, how was the pandemic navigated from that from that perspective?
1: Well, I think that I think that if we if we look at the various bits, therefore on that on that linear path from you know thinking about new ones and then finding new partnerships and then approaching people and then sustaining them and then ending them or measuring them, whatever we think about that. I guess certainly when it was when it was during the pandemic, the focus by and large was down onto maintaining what we've got. How do we maintain what we've got? Be they partnerships with academic institutions, partnerships with, with agents when you're talking about those that still wanted to mm-hmm. have students either come into the UK or students that were going to start online and then come a little bit later. Partnerships across the own institution, you know, you you, you weren't able to, to see anybody, you know, on a on a face to face. So I think it I think most of us went into and certainly we did went into just the maintaining phase. How do we how do we Carry on doing the kind of things that we need to do, um, but with an awareness that we can't actually do anything uh, as we might have done it in the past. So, you know, you, so you, you couldn't when you're when you're doing your um, you couldn't do site visits, you couldn't you know couldn't have your external meetings, external examiners meetings in person. So there are things that you just simply had to change and do them in a different way, didn't you? Yeah. Um, and others, I think, pause. I, I don't think we we bought online many new partnerships during that phase. Or I guess actually it was less about bringing some on because, you know, once you bought, once you start to actually bring the partnership on line, you've probably been having a discussion about it for maybe even 12 months beforehand, haven't you? So I guess what stopped at that time or was paused was that thinking stage, that market intelligence stage, that, you know, So what are we looking for to develop that then we are going to start to be identifying new partners or identifying new things to do, precisely because we didn't know what that market intelligence and insight was going to look like because we didn't know what the world was going to look like. So there was something of a vacuum of, even in its most prosaic, you know, if you want a new program that you want to bring on board, you're, you know, so how are you going to identify how many numbers of students you're going to get on this? Well, we don't know, actually, because we don't know if anybody's going to be able to come. So um, so maybe at that time, though, what did happen was a lot of development of more things online. Yeah, yeah. So more new things that developed with those kind of partnerships. But probably with a view to being, certainly I think for Swansea at that stage, less about something that um, they were looking to do or we were looking to do forever. And more about how can yeah. we use this as an opportunity to keep some things going some important partnerships going you know I think there have been things that we have learned during that phase that have helped us in terms of some online developments for example we've already always had some um, excellent programs and courses be it from those in our business school around entrepreneurship to those in our um, in our medical faculty and medicine and uh, health and life sciences around nursing for example you know so we've had some excellent short courses and online courses that have been delivered for many many years Um, but we probably just thought about it more and have thought about it more since that time Um, and therefore the partnerships that are associated with those so people doing different things Mm. so online as well you've got different types of partners that you might have might you from from people that from platforms for partnerships sure. to other institutions as well. But but the but almost all the rules still apply that are the same, don't they? In terms of how you're identifying how you're how you're maintaining, how you might close, but then how you how you measure and, mm. and I suppose the most um important thing I think with partnerships is that you've got certainly at an institutional level, you can't have too many um, so that, sounded, that could be taken two different ways. <laughs> you can have too many, so, I mean, you know. You, you've, you've got to you've got to limit the number to, to to what you can manage with and what you can maintain, because uh, partnerships that aren't maintained just fizzle and die. Yeah, um, and it's not good for anybody. No, you know? so you, you can only really bring them on board if you know that you can treat that partnership in the way in which you need to I mean I
0: think that's I think it's really interesting I I imagine it's it's connected to you know these sort of this not new approach as you say but this sort of evolved approach to partnership is it sounds very similar to previous conversations we've had about when we go to conferences or why we go to conferences or how we go so post-pandemic being able to you know we must be able to justify what we're doing we're also looking to maximize what we're doing and, and we're, yeah. we're a lot clearer because our obviously our understanding of risk is considerably different than it was four years ago or yeah, four <laughs> years ago now and so um if I'm looking for a partner we, yes I need to be able to be as you say the due diligence etc but I also want to be able to demonstrate well what's in it for me what's in it for my institution not me what's in it for my institution what's in it for for their institution and how do we how do we measure some sort of 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 output because otherwise you know we we saw we've had conversations about this you know a lot of partnerships during the pandemic were to offset the the inability to travel so you you're sort of looking for partners in other locations and then yes you know as you've raised in in many of our podcasts with guests you know this sort of what's happening to the branch campus model like what's you know are we relying are we happy to rely on partners um or do we want our own presence so that we we can manage that and control that a little bit a little bit more. But I think this, this notion of how do we measure a partnership. You know, there's there's a lot of literature out there and I've been to a lot of presentations about, you know, finding the right partner and what is it you want and you think and I've also been part of a branch campus model within one institution where there's massive time difference and, and conversations are difficult and agendas are often in competition and you know, you're on the same team. Uh, effectively And yet You know In many ways It's competing agendas And so you You know That partnership Doesn't quite work Sometimes And it works very well In, in others yeah. um, It's it's an interesting Interesting one I mean how uh, How do you measure How do you measure Success in a partnership Is it income driven Is it activity Is it numbers Is it you know IP Is it you know I don't know All of those None of them <laughs>
1: I suppose any, any, and all, and none. Yes, in some ways, isn't it? It depends what the partnership is. I suppose the key, as you say, though, is what the impact of it is. Mm. So, what are you are you looking for there to be a reputational impact or a financial, you know, impact? Or are you looking for there to, if it's a research partnership, you know, are you looking for there to be a sustainability mm. impact, a global impact? You know, are you looking to measure it against the uh, sustainable development goals you know so i think i think it's it's more about what those numbers actually mean and what the significance of them is rather than you know just the the numbers themselves because as you say you might have as an institution um uh, well you've probably got thousands of partnerships because you've obviously got the ones that individual academics have mm-hmm. but if we take it from a department, or faculty, or university level—you know—you will have hundreds and hundreds, um, and yet we only have our individuals who can maintain them and keep them going. Mm. So, you, as an academic, you as a senior academic, have got to have a finite number of partnerships and relationships that you've got because you can't write with everybody, you can't present with everybody, you can't do everything with it. You know, you've got to—you've got to decide, haven't you? Sure. That, a, a, or say, at the moment. I've really got what I can manage. And that's fine. And that's working well. And you might bring some others on board with a view to, you know, that some are going to finish. But I think it's just also being quite clear about that in terms of whether you can cope with what the the, the sheer numbers that that you have. So we do have, um, for, so we'll have, I guess, like like most um, places will, you know, project teams that support partnership. Yep. developments, we'll have business plans that need to be brought together, Would will have risk assessments that need to be undertaken and and again the same with the risk assessment isn't there, you will have any number of risks associated with anything that you might do, sure. it's the likelihood of that risk happening It's the first thing you need to look at and then you know whether you are willing to take, take mm. that risk based on the likelihood of it and we talked about that quite a lot with Rachel didn't we in that yep. session which was very useful um, so, so I, I think that um, an element of it does need to be looking at what the, the business planning side of it does look like. Mm-hmm. But for some partnerships, you might be quite happy to financially not be making mm. yep. any money, or indeed to be losing some. But but the point is, though, we do all people like to get paid people in academic institutions like to be paid, which means at a certain point money has to come into the institution yeah. in order to be able to pay staff who work in it, you know, and interns and things like that. So you've got to have institutionally a financial model sure. that works, but it might be that some bits of it will, you know, make more money than others. It's well-known fact in the UK, and I know we've talked about this before, that, you know, undergraduate home recruitment loses every institution money. Because it costs more to, to teach a single student than it does the money that 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 they're charged. Mm. You know. So you have to, by default, because you still want to do that, um, you have to be, for other things, be making more money than that's costing in order to be able to offset those yeah, yeah. those other yeah. those other costs, you know. But if you do it purely financially, and I don't even actually know that you can use the term purely financially, but you know if you only go into some of these things for the finances then we know that also we don't tend to cost things out properly anyway so actually that isn't going to happen mm. so there also needs to be an element of of, of flexibility in this that and an, an element of pragmatism that well look this looks like this is a good partner we want to do this they want us to do this well actually we have this partnership together we're creating some good in the world Nobody's losing a lot of money. We might be making a little bit, so that's all right, isn't it? You've almost got to have that level of... You would get an MBA for it, but, you know, there's there's a level of common sense that one, I think, can apply in these situations. And again, going back to your earlier point, though, if the only reason that you want to partner with somebody or something is because you perceive they are so much better than you are, and therefore that is somehow going to 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 make it, you you know rise to those those heights then that is something that is you're immediately starting a partnership on an uneven basis yeah, yeah. Yeah. across the board and i don't think that can ever work
0: no i mean and it's you know as i said when i when i used to work in, in southeast asia you, you'd you'd see this this a lot and and it it wasn't in many cases universities are sort of trapped in in a game that the rules have been set by, by and large, a, a Western, you know, structure. And so, you know, universities are trying to, trying to play the rankings game, but, you know, can't really because of the way things are counted, et cetera. And so it's, it's not an illogical decision to say, I want to partner with somebody that's better because that by even no. association will, but the reality is a, the partnership probably won't happen. And if it does happen, you're unlikely to get anything out of it that's a real benefit other than, saying that you are partnered with them and in yeah. some cases that cachet is going to be quite powerful um, yeah. in itself but you know it's one of the things that's been really positive about you know the developments in, in particularly T&E in the last 10-15 years is the, the the more the balance addressing that's happened between say the what used to be the sending and then the, the host nations and and therefore host nations can now yeah. dictate you know their, their strength in their partnership is considerably more. They can dictate. No, no, this aligns to our national strategy. Therefore, we want you, or we don't want mm-hmm. you because, well, you might be a great university, but we don't need you. It's not benefit. And I think that that, as you know, British Council often have conferences on leveling the playing field. Like this, this, you know, has been has been very useful, and yeah. it, it's you know reduced, not abuse is the wrong word, but it's re- reduced the imbalance somewhat in partnership. And I think it's also made yeah. the sending nations having to be more accountable, having to do due diligence, having to be, you know, m- much more transparent, much more evident, much more accountable for what's happening because
1: yes. the other yeah. partner
0: now knows what a partnership is to the extent that they know what they can get and how they can get and in some cases yeah. they're exporting themselves, right? So, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting development.
1: I think that's right. I think I think there was probably, in with certain of them many years ago, a level of exploitation there. Yes, yes. By, by the senders, you know, that they were... Thinking, well, look, okay, the people in this country or this region, they need this. We've got it. Um, are we going to send the people that are actually teaching it here to do it? Probably not. Um, are we going to monitor it as closely? Probably not. You know, people cannot get away with that now. And I think that is absolutely right. Yeah. And also, not only, therefore, has that been monitored, you know, by everybody but also those within the nations that are receiving are very savvy about it themselves and that is right and again so it's starting to bring that balance up isn't it It doesn't mean that you can't look at aspects of capacity building or sure. however you want to term it but that's fine it goes back to your point though about a national strategy the national strategy of that country or region is that they want to achieve x and they haven't got it yet but they want to achieve it And help build capacity within that country. Then that's fine. Absolutely. You know they are bringing people in to help them achieve their goals and accelerate what they want to do. Then that is then therefore and that is a good example of something that's mutually beneficial. Yes, you're delivering something that you can do. You'll still learn from it in the process, even though you might not think you do. But you will still learn from all of these things in the process anyway. But everybody's getting something out of it, and I suppose therefore that's what what makes me think of. what what you were mentioning there on that that national level, I suppose it does start, all of these start originally and initially with that strategic alignment. Mm. You know, what are we trying to achieve? How is it helping us achieve the goals that we've got, you know, across our institution, across our wider region, across the nation that, that we're in? And if all of those start to match and chime, and they do with... Another country and another area and another partnership, wherever that is, or indeed another partnership that might be in your own country. As I say, we're talking about partnerships and not necessarily cross border ones. Mm -hmm. Then if all of those do align, you can be very different, but you're getting you're all getting something out of it to the benefit of what you're trying to achieve. And and your measures might be different actually to it, of course. You know, if if you're looking at, you know, very simple one isn't it but let's say phd capacity building in universities in country x then and you are asking an institution in country y to please send your professors over here or to help us to train up our you know uh, academic members of staff who maybe have got masters into phds um that country country x the, their measure will be the numbers that they're getting through, and the numbers that they're getting that uh, obtain their PhDs, and therefore, then what they're going to get after that, yep. of course, but that's their number. The number from country Y is probably financially, you know. Sure. So, what are we, what are we getting out of this? Because they don't really, in all honesty, they don't care about how many PhDs are coming through that country. That's not why they're doing it, but that's okay mm. because everybody's got a reason. There's a common goal. And everybody is getting something out of it. And everybody needs to be part of the process. And I think that's a good example of when things can be, you know, mutually beneficial, but different at the same time.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's the thing, partnerships are, they should be driven by sort of a degree of equity, but they're they're not equivalent in the sense that a partnership is usually because, that's why it's, it's often odd when you see you know, Birmingham and Nottingham, for example, partnered together. You know, now many years ago, and and I never really understood why. You know, because in in many ways the the institutions yeah. were very similar, right, and hold, held similar sort of positions. You know, uh, a, a partnership where Partner A has something and Partner B needs something. You know, you're like, okay, well that that's kind of a, yeah. a you know. Um, um, but yeah, so there needs to be some form of of uh, of. Oh. of Purpose and goal, right? And if both partners agree th- with that I purpose, think, then yeah, yeah.
1: I think you I think you can only achieve so much, really. I think it's limited more if you are very similar in your partnership, because you've not got anything additional you bring to the table, really. I mean a few little differences. So you will be achieving something, but it's when you bring that that difference together, but you've got a, a common goal that's when I think that you can achieve so much more. And I think the the only way, really, I can use as a good example here is to use the, the, the current example that is really important and at the forefront of my mind at the moment, the Rugby World Cup.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: Now, much as, and I'm just taking the opportunity to talk about Scotland now because, quite frankly, I might not get a lot of opportunity in coming weeks given the rubbish pool selection that they're in. Anyway, slight whinge. Um, now, Finn Russell, wonderful though he is, and he is. He is a magician when it comes to what he does on the pitch, you know, as a fly half. And you do think, and you're looking, you're going, oh, goodness me, you're covering your eyes, and then he'll do this wonderful thing, again, you know, and it's fantastic. You cannot have 15 players like Finn Russell on the pitch. Well, but you might be actually, but it, and it'd be a very interesting game. But you probably won't get any points because you never get the ball because what you need is some forwards to get you the ball. And a rugby team is a really good example of everybody needing to bring their A game to the table, and everybody being very, very, very different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they've got that achieving, you know, that aim of actually what you want to, what you want to get to together. So you can have people that are very similar at mm. various points even in a rugby game but if you've got to people that are too similar people who look too similar people that behave too similar then then you sort of know what you're going to get there. if you've got a slight quirky difference but you've got something that you're bringing that's really important then that's what you achieve and I think that's when that's when it comes to partnerships is that you don't have to it doesn't have to be like for like you can still achieve things there but I think it will, that will be more limited
0: mm-hmm. yeah. you know?
1: whereas if you've got something where you really mutually you know benefit each other in a slightly different way then that's when
0: yeah
1: and that would be the kind of that would be the kind of team that that wins the
0: world cup i think it's a it's a good analogy that i'm not sure is applied to all academic partnerships because the the objective there of of a rugby team or any sports team there is an objective goal whether it's the single match to win or whether it's the tournament or the cup but there's a there's a Mm. there's an end goal against which you are measured you know and, and many academic partnerships are are sort of well let's let's just have a chat and play nice and you think okay i mean yeah y- yeah something may emerge from that right you know you get enough academics or, or administrators together and something as we talked about that's the coffee break syndrome right in conferences something may very well come of that but yeah. if there's no if there's no defined goal or, or objectives if it's more a case of well, let's just yeah, we'll be part of the team, and therefore we want. You're know, like yeah, but where's it going, right? Um, which I guess is why the, the the teaching models, where it's like, well, no, we want X number of students. Whether that's a good or a bad idea, there's at least a defined mm. purpose. But the sort of, you know, well, let's let's explore research opportunities and and let's consider you know joint grant proposals, and you're like, okay, I'm actively considering them. Right. I'm not doing anything. I'm just actively considering. Yes, yes, it. yes. yes.
1: <laughs> nothing, nothing has happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's either that side of it, isn't there? Or there's the side where you're purely out for something yourself.
0: Sure. So sure. I'm out
1: for doing this for myself and I'm going to get this. And, and I don't, but I'm going to just have this partnership because that's what I want out of it. And then that's fine. But then I'll walk away if I don't. And at a certain point, then the partner realizes that, don't they? And they think, well, but. You know, you don't care about me, sort of thing. Yeah. So, so there's, there's, so there's that, there's that sort of rampant individualism that you can get within the academic community. Sometimes this starts us going back to what the collective noun for yeah. academics is that we still haven't quite come to an agreement on. Obviously. Yeah. Um, so there's that aspect. So on the one hand, you might get people that are so selfish about it that actually all the partnerships go. By the way. Saying, or you get people that are completely selfless about it um, and don't mind just sitting around having a chat. And what you need to sort somehow, so because you need that an element of that, don't you? But at the same time, you know, we do need we do have finite capacity, and yeah. therefore I guess you've just got to try and in all of that process try and and, and find those ones that. Um, Give the maximum return for everybody involved in in the process, so that for some that don't bring anything to the table, that's all right. You can sort of still carry those because yeah, you know you've got enough that are
0: yeah yeah absolutely, and and they they are all, they are all different. They have different purposes, and as you said, if they're not costing a huge yeah. amount of money and there's not a massive risk, okay. I mean, but as you said, it has to be balanced by something. Know um, this goes back to the conversation we had, you know, now years ago about the university's role at home and abroad, and and you know, you know, which master it's serving and which community it's you know, you know, part of, and and you know, a partnership here is it in conflict with a partnership over there? And if it isn't, you know, does it add? And uh, I mean, it's it's complex because as you say, you know, universities have so many of them that nobody really knows them all at the same time, and you know, there's, there's obviously opportunities going to be missed and this and that, but. Even if I think just on a, you know, you were comparing it to, you know, as an academic, if I think on a, the very micro scale, I, I have partnerships where, you know, a writing partnership that might might churn out two to three articles a year, you know, and it's a purely sort of writing partnership. I have partnerships where, you know, there might be some student movement and, and exchange. And I have partnerships where all I do is really talk to people. And I, c- I can't necessarily demonstrate that anything comes out of it. But I would be very hard pressed to say that those conversations haven't led in led into things that I've written about, or presented about, or taught about, yes. right? And yeah. I, I'm not sure I could really quantify it, yeah. it, but it absolutely has had an impact on my day to day role as an academic. And you know, within the
1: yeah.
0: and, and to be fair, they also haven't cost anything, right? It's a Zoom call. It's not mm. uh, nobody's funding me to fly anywhere. To which, I mean, I, I don't have that type of funding, but that's not a, a request. It's more of a an intellectual partnership i suppose which is i think is important uh, uh, in academia um but at the same time if i had to demonstrate to my dean the value of a partnership then there would be others that i'd point to and say well you know this mm. has this has led to something concrete um um but it's not it that comes I don't... back
1: to what we were talking about um previously in a previous podcast um about the traveling overseas doesn't it and there's there's that um there's that point in the timetable when you've you, you've you've not scheduled anything and you're just having a chat with people but actually that could spark an idea Mm. that might in the future lead to you know something huge it Mm. might not but it might but also it might have sparked off another idea so it's those those aspects of a partnership as well isn't it different types of partnership as you say that you can't you can't say hand on heart yes yes because i had that conversation at that point with this person over a cup of coffee you know that it resulted five years later in in this presentation here or this this article there you can't say that but by the same token you can't say that it didn't have any impact whatsoever so it's almost just giving yourself that freedom isn't it but i I suppose though if we're coming back to in in a in a more basic term sort of actual concrete institutional partnerships then you've got to have some way in which you can measure it in terms of of impact and and that you've got to have probably joint overarching goals that you're going Mm -hmm. for but the actual measurements for some of the things that you're trying to achieve might be very different depending on what the activity is itself
0: yeah but as you say as long as you're aware of that and it's an open, you know, transparent process. Then, yeah. you know, more power to both both partners. Um, yeah. Okay. Wonderful. So, yeah, to thy own self <laughs> so that's be true, our right?
1: Partnership development for everybody. <laughs> yes. Everybody yes. now should have no problem. Yes. In defining what that linear journey is that mixes and matches, and then actually none of that applies sometimes, and then other times all of it applies. I think that probably summarizes
0: it quite nicely don't you quite right quite right yes um yeah absolutely i don't really have much else to add i mean as long as you as long as people are aware partnerships and, and it's done. transparent yeah so like world peace next week then i guess right it's <laughs> which actually yeah. we've, we've yeah. probably yeah, already done we've week. probably <laughs> already done because if you just say world peace see partnerships there you go like that's that'll take care of that. One. yes yeah <laughs> all
1: yeah.
0: right fantastic <laughs> All right, great. I'll talk to you again soon then. Thanks.